So this is going to be the segment called Before the Show. Before the Show. Okay. And it's it's about technical difficulties. It's about pre-show. Hopes, it's pre-show. About dreams. Pre-show jitters. Yeah. So you wonder why I, and the, and the audience is dying to know why that I sound softer, lower voice than you. We uh, just, me too. We just did a mic check. And I think it's like, I think it's just I have a softer spirit. Maybe. <laughs> I think maybe you are soft. Well, we can, this is the Before the Show segment. Yeah. Um, so we can do anything we want. That's true. But I, I'm, I'm excited about our show. Today is a good one. Yeah. And so maybe we should maybe we should just cut to it. Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Oh, you did it. And I heard and you got the are. finger click right. All right. Oh, episode 12. Here we are. We're in it. Yeah. And we're doing a, a little something different. We're actually sitting at my kitchen table. Um, there's a possibility of interruption. Not um, in the barn. Yeah, possibility of interruption, but big, big episode. We have, I mean, you you're pretty famous among the realms of in this household of you know certain places in New Jersey. But <laughs> we have a we have an awesome guest, which we'll introduce in a little bit. Um, but uh, we got some fun questions for her. Oh, I gave it away to her. Oh, but it might it might be a little longer than normal than the thirty minutes we've been doing. So we're going to try to keep this under an hour. Um, so, but entertaining, entertaining for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, le- let's, uh, cover a couple things real fast. Some one, housekeeping items. Yeah, as they one say. We t- yes. One we talked about for, from BJ of getting a new wine ranking system. Hey, by the way, big shout out. That was a great idea. Great idea. And yeah. this is why you guys have to write in and email us to oftenwrongpod at gmail.com because we actually will take and implement some ideas, not all the ideas, but the good ones. When we check the email. When, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we talked about, uh, which we've gotten some good feedback from the, the Daughters podcast, fan mail, I got a couple of cool emails, but about how I wanted to start a podcast called The Smiling Grape. Remember that? I do. Online. So I'm thinking we go with the like the five star rating, but we're gonna we're gonna get the stars, we go with smiling grapes. So this is a three and a half. So we look back, this is you know, we rank them uh, smiling grapes. This is a three and a half smiling grape. I think that's a really good idea, and I can't wait for the viewers to see your drawing of oh, what a smiling grape grape looks like. I did do a little drawing. I did. We're, yes, we'll put that on. It'll be it'll be on there. So so that'll be that's a new fun thing. Uh, again, we're going to put the wine segment at the end, Martin. So you can listen to all the good stuff until the wine. And Shout then, out to you, Martin. Yeah, Thank you. Exactly. We're going to save the family talk for our guests, but segment two. Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little golf talk. Okay. Um. Uh, well, I need to back up. One thing about the wine rating is we are filming in what month right now? February. So welcome back. Dry January is over. Mocktails over. Although I did get I did get somebody call me or ask me the other day if we're going to do more mocktails. We probably could. We can sprinkle some mocktails in. in, But I mean, especially with Burn Church doing their stuff. Yeah, I've got a yummy special wine for today, just for our special guest. Anyways, golf talk. Go, Steven. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm a clamped. Golf talk. <laughs> give you a talk. I'll give you a topic. Live, live stealing all the players. Go. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we don't need to talk about that. So, um, well, I played golf with my wife yesterday. I think one uh, really enjoyable aspect of me starting to play golf was that my wife has started taking it up with me. And it's what a great day date it is. 
So they drop the kids off at school. We can go play nine holes between picking even the littlest one up who's only in school for four hours. So we can go, play, come back. So yesterday we got out and got to play. It was uh, nice in the afternoon. And yeah, it was uh, It's just nice to get out. We walked instead of road, which got the steps in. And then babysitter was able to stay afterwards and we did some dinner. So very nice. A nice, lovely day day and that started just, with golf. Sorry, I interrupted. And you and I just chipped and hit a few balls together too with MT the Fry Guy. That was kind of fun. That was fun. I mean, nice any practice is better than no practice. For some people more than others. I mean, and necessary more for others like myself. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Well, there's some fun stuff to talk about in golf. I, uh, I'm fortunate to be on a subcommittee for the Heritage Foundation, which if you don't know, if you're not local, that's uh, the charitable organization that helps put on the you know, Heritage Classic presented by Boeing. Amazing event. Yeah. If you've RBC seen Heritage. it on TV, you've seen the and we're gonna have Lighthouse. A, we're going to have a fun year this year because Stephen's family is joining my family in a house in Sea Pines for the event, which we will definitely be doing a podcast from down there. 100%. And whether we air it or not, it's what <laughs> remains to be seen. The And the kids are excited. They're going to be having a week-long sleepover together. So that should be a lot of fun. Well, I was in a board meeting last week, and I'm just excited about the heritage. Hold on one second. Sorry, I had a little hiccup. Well, we knew uh, we'd get crashed. I know, I know. Um, But had a board meeting, some fun, exciting things for the heritage. I think most of the tickets are sold out. Are you allowed to disclose? Well, because they're a signature event. Um, there's some there's some requirements uh, that are going to be from nutrition from uh, the clubhouse will not be nutrition. Know, yeah, yeah. What does they, that mean? They're, they're bringing good good food in. Um, they're bringing new security. They're bringing for the players. A, yeah, it's just an elevated event, but not but, for me and you as attendees. No. Okay, but there's some new fun stuff for us as atten- attendees. Um, there's going to be um, some bleachers behind the first tee, which sounds weird, but I'm so excited about that view down that corridor. A couple of new you know, interactive areas. But I mean, the heritage is fantastic. I'm super excited. It's an elevated event, only 70 players. It does change kind of the viewing. What's that mean, elevated event versus? So signature event this year or elevated event, um, it's just a higher purse. There's no cut. And instead of 135 to 150 players, we're just going to a guaranteed 70-ish. I say guaranteed. Um, Top 50 get in and Mm -hmm. past winners plus four exemptions plus, I guess, the top 10 so far up to year to date. Um, It's a little complicated as, you know, we're trying to figure out how to compete against live. But anyways, super excited about Heritage. Um, It'll be here before you know it. And it's the week of spring break. So no driving on and off the island. It always is. Always for you. Well, down here. I'm new here. Yeah, because the kids, they use child labor. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw some of my homeschool students carrying around the, uh, what's that called? Yeah, they call them them standard bearers. Standard bearers with the names of the players that they're following around. Yeah, the score stuff. Uh, That's exciting. You have a birthday coming up, and we happen to be doing a golf trip. So, fun disclosure, guys. If you didn't know this, if you start playing golf, you get to take golf trips, which is just really a great excuse to add another vacation to your life. So I said, guys, we went away for Pratt's birthday last year. I also have a birthday. <laughs> and we're in the process of now planning to go play some Florida golf yeah. before it warms up here so much. Yeah, we're going to play in Florida. Um, we got MT Fry Guy coming and one of our past guests, uh, Richie Rich, my cousin. 
Yes, and, numero uno. Um, we are taking a uh, a van. Oh, well, it's just, is it going to be down by the river? Well, it's probably too nice of a van to be by the river. It might could be by the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> tell everybody about the surprise text you sent me while I was away. Well, it, we don't have to go into it, but um, traded traded a vehicle for a um, a sprinter van. And so we're going to be taking a sprinter van, which the Christian Academy golf team, and then we're going to put in the rental pool. But we're going to have that with a driver for your birthday, which means we can do a birthday podcast. Yes, in yes. the back of the van. So you guys I know. stay tuned and listen for that in a couple of weeks yeah. because we are definitely going to be talking about at least where we're going to play golf during the golf segment and probably other nonsensical types of things. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's kind of... Most of the dad, I mean, I'm sorry, the the golf talk um, that I had. I mean, personally, I've uh, I told you this a little earlier today. I've just been looking like a blind monkey chasing a (laughs) you know flat football. That's a nice way of saying it. Trying to hit the golf ball last six to eight weeks, and which nobody listening believes. Oh my gosh, it's been terrible. I just can't even make contact. It's the craziest thing, and I've been. I've fallen into a trap. And if you are new to golf, if you're halfway through your life with golf, if you're great at golf, the trap is this, is watching videos and looking at swing tips versus actually just your swing. And I got down that spiral and it was so bad. But luckily, I didn't know about this until recently. You should have just called me because I would have told you exactly what you always tell me, which is step up to the ball, be athletic, hit the ball. I know. And it's I can see where people people have talked about getting like the swing yips or the putter yips where it's like hard to take the the back. It's like you're frozen in your mind. I wasn't quite there, but what you get in your head. I was getting it in my head. And um luckily, Dr. Mo, um, uh, if you don't know him, uh, he is a head guy, I would call it. He's like a sports psychologist. Yeah, down at Sea Island, uh, Island, fantastic yeah. guy. Uh, I sent you the clip from him. He just talks about amateurs. They overthink it. They, you know, whatever, try to be in swing. And they talk about just getting tempo back. So I downloaded the tour tempo. We're getting a guest here. Walking in a tour tempo app and just went to the beat. And that has made the biggest uh, change, you know, for me. I mean, you actually saw me hit today. Yeah. You had earbuds in. There's tempo going on. Yep. And, And it takes, it removes all thought. You're just thinking about tempo and timing. Which, before we introduce our guest, who we're about to do in 30 seconds, I will say I was very fortunate to know a lot of great players and some guys on tour. One of my buddies is Kyle Stanley, great Clemson standout. We were playing one time, and I asked him if he could have Jack Nicholas's, you know, putting or, you know, Raymond Floyd's, you know, stare and iron striking or anything, any player, what, what could he, if he could have anything in the world, any player. Yeah. Crenshaw's putting, you know, Seve's, Ballesteros, uh, you know, um, short game and creativity. And he said, timing. Wow. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't even say a just, player. He's just, just like, want, I want timing. Just timing. Because golf is all timing. And for me mentally to go back to the tempo and timing, mm. which there's a joke in there I'm not going to say about timing and tempo. If you've ever played with me, you know the joke. <laughs> Well, that's enough golf talk. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce our guest, and we're super excited about it. So, without further ado, we are 
super excited to, uh, I mean, I would say probably our most famous guest to date. Sorry, Rich Reed, my cousin. Uh, <laughs> we're true. still calling you Mayor Salka. Lisa Salka is here. Yeah. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Anytime. I mean, they still call me Mayor. I call Mayor McCracken Mayor. There you so, go. So you know, I think it's it? one of those titles that you keep. Yeah. You can't right? keep it. Did Don't you know his first name was anything. Phil? Never mind. Um, <laughs> Lisa, I'm so excited. Thank you for doing this uh, and taking time out of your schedule. We do have some very tough probing questions, but um, answer what you want, answer what you don't want. Well, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, I do want to dive into it because we do a couple segments. We do golf, which we've talked about a little bit. We do some family. Um, well, so we skipped the golf segment, but do you play? Have you played? Oh, I, I'm good at golf. Is that right? I can talk golf. I have golf knowledge that neither one of you know about. Oh, tell us one well, of them. Well, we, I mean, I know We'll that... do fun facts later. Oh, fun facts. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. Well, real fast, for those that might not know you, just talk a little bit about your family. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, married John. I know a couple kids. Tell, tell us that real quick. Yeah. Um, married John. Mm -hmm. Met him on Hilton Head. He was the softball coach for our Bankers Trust Babes softball team. Um, in the sometime nineties, <laughs> I guess. No, I get yeah, in the nineties, and met on Hilton Head, and we married. And shortly after, um, in the eighties, we married in eighty six. Shortly after Brandon and Haley were born, we moved to Bluffton. Oh, okay. And then we had Michael. So we have three children, and two have found their way back home the way they're supposed to. And one lives in Charlotte. Which one's in Charlotte? Michael. Michael. Okay. And Michael's did, the baby. Did he went to Auburn? He went to Auburn. Did he play Played football? Yeah. He was on the state team at Bluffton High under Coach Cribb, and Clemson and Auburn and others were looking at him. And his sister Haley was a senior at Clemson, and one of her jobs was tutoring freshman athletes. And Michael quickly saw the writing on the wall and went, eh, I oh. think I'm going to Auburn. So <laughs> well, <still>, he went. <laughs> still a tiger, but you have strong Clemson ties. Total. All yeah. in. Strong. So uh, for a lot of reasons. Like I've kind of done a little deep dive uh -oh. on you. Uh, so I'm going to mess this up. Is this is it possibly your sister might have been on the first Clemson mm -hmm. women's basketball team? Or Yep. Okay, and you, you major Clemson, feet. I know. We, I mean, growing up, we lived in prosperity. So we were like 30 minutes from Columbia and all my friends were going to Carolina. So back in the day before internet and the little X and O thing that would print out of a big printer and print out a picture. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, you remember. I had a Gamecock printed out above my bed. And no. My, and my father would not even walk in the room. Oh, no. Not even walk in the room. And when it came time, I applied all over. I applied to Hawaii. I applied to NC State. I applied everywhere. But it was known if you went to Clemson, not only would you get a degree, but you would not have to pay for that. Mm. But anywhere else, you better start looking for how to pay for college. So mm. that kind of, oh, I love Clemson. Yeah, you love But I love Clemson. I've been going since I was six to football games with my dad and mom. And we've been able to experience some football games together. It's so um, much fun. Just tailgating stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as the kids, I don't know your other too well, but I have had the immense pleasure of getting to know Haley over the last yeah. couple of years, um, serving on the board and her working with the Christian Academy. And Stephen, you've gotten, you actually had a meeting maybe yesterday. 
yesterday. Yeah, t- Tuesday we met. Yeah. Actually, fantastic. Yeah. Just great job. If I mean, I have only met one of your children so far, but well, she's, she's the amazing. middle. So I love my middle kids. Whenever I meet middles, I know they're the most adjusted because we're the most looked over. Oh, is that I'm right? Oh, you're a middle too? Oh, well, you uh, need to eat meet my middle because <laughs> we might blow up your paradigm a little bit. And yeah. also, this was not planned, but I... Are we Clemson? Oh. Two. I so, took him to his first game and that we got we had to get some some swag. Had to get some gear. So I'm from the Northeast and we accept football. Well, f- college football is not nearly yeah. the religion that it is here. Yeah. So I went to Boston University. There was hockey. So we mm-hmm. were big into hockey. But then when I came down here, proud made it very clear there's a choice to be made, and uh, it okay. wasn't much of a choice. We came over and a lot of orange. I remember Kim wearing yeah some orange Crocs and looked at my wife and was like. So welcome. We're not going to talk because there's a game on. And my wife right. fell in love and we were like, all right, we're Clemson fans. So yeah. we don't schedule funerals, weddings, or parties Anything. during football season. So no. good. No. And you, I did get to go to my first game. What a blast. Well, once you go, you're in. Yeah, we had, so. a, we had a great time. So three kids. I know Haley is about to get married, so she I'm sure is. you're in the, the plannings. But uh, no grandkids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Well, two. You, you have two grandkids? Yeah. You're um, not even old enough to have grandkids. I know. Brandon and know. Patrick. Brandon met Patrick. Well, we're very competitive. Okay. Uh, and it starts with my mom and dad. My, mo- my sister was in the first basketball team at Clemson. Brandon ran cross country for Clemson. Haley, I knew she was a great runner. Right? Haley was only a quarter of the size of the volleyball players. She could have played anywhere in a D2, anywhere. But she had to go to Clemson, but she played club volleyball. And then Michael played football at Auburn. So we don't, our lives, we're very competitive. But Brandon was dying to get out of the small town and move to Washington or Boston or wherever it's called. And right when she graduated was about the time Care Corps started. And... She came back and took a six-month break, and Mike, Matt, uh, Kevin Ryan said, apply, might be interested. So she started at CareCorps, which is now Evacorps, met a young man from Virginia who moved here and got married and had a baby. And after I decided not to run, which was a struggle, after I decided, she came and she says, I'm pregnant. Oh. So things fell into place. Yeah. Things happened for a reason. Yeah. So she has two little boys, That's awesome. Paul and Martin. Well, that's that's awesome. I know. Well, from my interactions with you, your family, and I did know, um, oh, I say no, I had some interactions with your other daughter through, she was she did CrossFit for a little bit when I- She did do old, CrossFit. And um, not that she would remember, but she was always the runner. She always would yeah. run. And so- She also helped coach cross country at Christian Academy. Oh, that's right, Christian Academy. But- from what I see, you know, from your, you know, my interactions, you have a pretty close knit family, and mm-hmm. one of Kim and I's, and I think obviously Stephen and Grace's desires are as our kids get older, so they want to come home and they mm-hmm. want to stay involved. Um, was there something that you and John did? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things when they were younger, kind of foster the closeness, or you know, that helps, like something you do now that helps maintain the family togetherness or, yeah. you know, like family dinners or like, did what, what was something that maybe, I mean, for the younger parents? Right. Well, we did, we were raised about the same way and John's from the Northeast. So where's John from? He's from, he was born in Weirton, West Virginia, which is not the North of anything and moved, lived most of his life in Pennsylvania, the Bronx, oh. um, New York, Pennsylvania, that area. Went to school in Pennsylvania, went to Lafayette, 
and moved here because his first job was with Bankers Trust and he was in Columbia. Mm. And then they booted him into Hilton Head where oh, all darn. of like 8,000 people live. Oh, oh, darn. <laughs> and he moved there. But I think now being both sides of the family, we were raised really the same way. We always mm. had dinner together on Sunday, both of us. You just family dinner, right? Family dinner. You can't do it yeah. during the week with kids. Yeah. You just can't. Yep. It's McDonald's and quick and eat and go. We always had Sunday dinner at like a that. table. Yeah. We had we were really big on traditions. Christmas, Santa Claus came to Stock Farm Road. And if we were gonna visit family, we had to do it before and it was it was crazy. Yeah. Just a few traditions we always had. We took them to football games way before they knew what they were doing. And we were really our rope on our kids, and it's so funny, I had a conversation with Haley today about it. Our rope was short. Yeah. And it was struggles. And there were times I wanted to give up. And John's like, heck no. No. They're, no, we're not. So he kind of brought me back because I I wavered. So maybe mm. moms do that some. And he kept he kept it. No one drank before they were 21. Yeah. The curfews were strict. You just had to be old oh, school. I'm, I'm feeling it. You know, actually, Shelby, which you just saw her, mm-hmm. she's back this weekend. You know, we got the pressure on the social media because we didn't do cell phones until they were, I don't remember, 15 or 16, mm-hmm. but then the social media. But I I stayed absolutely not until you're 18. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't say Kim wavered, but, you know, it's tough. A mother's love is different than the father kind of seeing. But I hope Shelby looks back at this and mm-hmm. if she gets married that, you know, whatever you know, rules they decide to follow, but you just stick to it. And it's not always, I told her in her, her, my senior letter to her is what's right is not always popular. And what's popular is not always right. That's mm. right. Amen to that. And I mean that, and that, I think that was really a good lesson for her. You know, they'll come back. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget my kids went to St. Francis because there was no yeah. high school in Bluffton. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Michael C. Riley opened when Brandon turned, went to first grade. Yeah. So, and they're not old. You know, they're yeah. 29 to 32, three. But I was going down a path. There you go. Yeah. Um, You're talking about when we. Oh, I know. Yeah. So Haley and I were discussing the whole thing of our rules. And she's, oh, I, it, and she's thankful I had them. But going back to when she was at St. Francis, I had friends that had kids that were 14 and they're like, oh, the devil. Oh, the darkness and they're bad. And I'm like, but they're good kids. No, they're not. And you just wait. And I said, not my kids, mm-hmm. not my kids. But I'll tell you at 14, and I just told Maddie Rowe this at 14, you write it in your diary. You're going to be evil somewhere between 14 and 18. Mm-hmm. And you remember that your second mama told you that, like yeah. you remember it, not me. Well, they do. They just go down a place and mm-hmm. it might not be super dark. All but Michael did. Michael just learned how to play the rules. Yeah, okay. he just he played the game. He yeah. played the game, and yeah. life was good. Yeah. But you got to really be like, it's really tough. persevere in that. Yeah. We it was hard, and they weren't even that bad. Yeah, no, it's just tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to tote the line, especially when other parents are kind of be like, "Oh, come on, mm-hmm. come on," you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to, but it is tough. So it is. Well, I'm sorry. No, ahead. I just you just got to do the best you can do, yeah. and I'll never forget my mom. My mom just sat every night. I'd come in late. 
sneak around her. She'd be reading her Bible. <laughs> so I think she was praying. Well, you guys did pretty good. You have three very well-adjusted kids for kids. sure and high-performing as well. Um, I did hear about one funny tradition that I do want to ask <laughs> about, okay? Okay. I heard that you and John have something that you do that involves sandwiches. Oh, Lord. Well, we're very traditional. <laughs> <laughs> We're very traditional people, and John is very routine, which is not good for a banker, a banker. But a banker? You should not be routine if you're a banker. Uh. We, I do not cook that great. So my roommate, Kathy Honorado, oh, Kathy Honorado, Dale, yeah. she is my, she's been my best friend since we love Natty Light together. And my roommate, she was dating Tim, I was dating John, and John did not like her cooking, and I didn't like to cook, so we decided on Thursday... We would meet. We lived at Newport, oh, right in Palmetto yeah. Dunes. And we would provide the wine. And they didn't even trust us to make the sandwiches. And John would bring <laughs> the sandwiches. So we had sandwich night. On Thursday night. On Thursday night, which I loved it. Because Friday night, we were going to rallies. Mm. Saturday night, we were going to go out. Sunday, we were sleeping late. We weren't married yet. You know, we'd do yeah. our own thing. And then the work week started again. Yeah. So my work, my life of commitment to cooking was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So Thursday became great. sandwich night. Mm -hmm. And do you still carry that on? To this day. No. I to mean, this day. So that is almost 40 years. 19. We got married in 1986. And yeah, we started dating 40, in 84. So that's 40 years this year of sandwich nights on Thursday nights. So what sandwiches did you have last night? Oh, we ha we used to do, we were getting very sad. The jolly, the jolly on Matthew's Drive is no longer there. It's oh, called New York. Remember him? I remember. Yes. Oh, on Matthew's Drive. My heavens. Oh my gosh. Their yeah. bread and their boar's head meats yes. and their sandwiches were to die for. Mm. And that was the sandwich on Hilton Head. And when we moved here, we go over there and get it. Then we started copying Raleigh sandwiches, like mm. any kind of fun sandwich Raleigh's would have. We copy it. Then we had kids and we, ended, we did a lot of Rubens because we were good at that. And I then we it. went to Pub Sub, which Pub Sub, hey, anything beats me cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I have peanut butter sandwich. And um, so we, we vary. Like Thursday, I had to go do something. And he made our Rubens and heated it, but I got home in time. And we had Rubens chips, and we don't eat until we click our wine glass. I love that. I love that. I might well, have done sandwich night. I mean, that's a you know. I, mean, so, I just throw so him and I do um, our our in house date night, which I I believe we started before Sadie. So we're talking about 12, 14 years, and we do the same thing, which we've talked about. Is yeah. We do frozen pizza, and it's a Sunday night. So, and, you know, you're and a wine, but it's nice because we we never schedule anything else. We always mm -hmm. know we have it. It's, it's Kim is very routine as well, and yeah. so it's good for her, and it's also great for us. I mean, sometimes we talk about how many mistakes I've made that week before, Are and you? sometimes yeah. sometimes we talk about uh, the calendar. How great she is. Yeah, always how great she is. <laughs> yeah. Do so, you yeah. know there were times I would go do something as mayor or realtor or something on a Thursday, and he's like. But it's sandwich night. But it's sandwich night. Are you going to eat a sandwich? Uh, what are you doing? Uh, no. I'm going to Hall's Chop House. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating a sandwich. So he's a little more focused on the routine. Uh, but going back to kids, who knows, yeah. Pratt, yeah. maybe what you and Kim do, your kids are watching. And yeah. I do think it's routine and structure. And I do think that because I think Brandon and Patrick do sandwich like that. So, yeah. It's neat how they they... Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm excited 
you know, Shelby wants to come home and hang yeah. out with us. And, oh, you know, so you feel like, oh, you know, that's one of Kim's great desires, but I see, you know, your kids and the passion they have for Bluffton. Yeah. Um, well, before I get into the mayor talk, I did know you before yeah. you were a mayor yeah. as one of the, if not the first female. I believe sales. it was the first female, even yeah. though your father would. Well, we had an assistant, yeah, that. but first full-time, maybe female salesperson for John Reed I, 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 at I, Hampton Hall, right? In 2004. That's right. Slinging real estate? She, well, she's a dirt slinger, but I, but I will say this. Yeah, I'm a dream. I'm a. I know about. Seller. I know about that. I'm a dream seller. I said. love selling dirt. Well, I say that you say that, but I kind of know that there was a path getting there. I knew you I sold know. some seashells and postcards and even women's intimates. Possibly. I did. I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell me the path to get to John Reed's first female salesperson. Because, well, I mean, seashells in the back of a car. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me about and that. And postcards. So, it's funny. Talking about college, I think my parents were worried that what I was gonna, what, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're a psychology major, and I wanted to go to Hilton Head one my junior year. My dear friend lived on Spanish Wells way back when Spanish Wells and Bram's Point were stick houses on stilts. They weren't major big yeah. mansions. Yeah. And Sherry's dad died, and they lived in Estelle. And, you know, real quick, we lived there one summer. Two of my friends lived there. And we paid $60 a month. And, oh and she cooked for us one night a week. So all my friends at Calabogie Seafood House, which is now Crazy, oh, yeah. Crab, Crazy Crab, were going to Vail and to Aspen and to Lake Tahoe. And so I called my dad. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, you're going to come graduate. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I love it. So he gave me what is now called a gap year. Uh, I invented it, but it was not a gap year. It was August, October. I better get a job. Well, in between that, they're like, you need to get your timeshare license. I'm like, okay. So I worked for Dunes Marketing. I got my timeshare license. Uh, Wouldn't hire me. Was Bill Baldwin back then? Oh, I was, love him. And uh, Bill Byrne. And oh, yeah. The whole, the whole, Ken Oliver. Oh, Ken Oliver. Well, of course. I see Ken Oliver. Yeah. All of them. That's awesome. And Donna Malone and I just did, they couldn't put us anywhere to sell, God forbid. So we did court marketing for Mariners, for Harbor Point, Harbor Point oh, Timeshare. Yeah. yeah. So after that, I didn't like it because it was like nine to five. I partnered, I went, it was a buyer for a clothing store. And she and I decided to open a lingerie store. On Hilton a discount Head. lingerie on Palmetto Bay Road, where Hub Insurance is now, called okay. J. Regan, Lingerie by J. Regan, and um, loved it. And I don't know what happened. She, the lady remarried some man, and he was kind of getting in the middle of it all. It's just very odd because her original husband died who hired me. Mm. So I'd buy it from me. So she bought it, and then I worked for a, a wholesaler that did postcards and bought the seashell company that would like accompany it from Fred Mix. New Orleans oh. guy, not our Fred Mix, his the dad other, Fred oh, Mix. Uh. On Hill on Swingabout in Palmetto Dunes. And so I had seashells and postcards and shot. Where glasses, did you sell the where did who did you sell this? All over this county. Paris Island, Walmart, Harbor Town, crazy driving uh, around, I mean, like out of driving around, like car? out of the back of the car, in the back of my car. Get I had a suburban then, so uh, it was easy. Did you so, have kids at that point? I'd put the kids. The kids actually helped me put pricing on seashells in Walmart, which I think I wrote every I child labor law there was. It. I love it. I wish I still had it. It'd Can be a imagine? great job for these kids. Oh my gosh! But I didn't know where I was going to be, so I sold it when 
Um, so I had it and Bill Herb Kersman came up to me one day and Bill's a gas guy. He wanted to meet me. So I called John. I'm like, well, Bill Herb Kersman. I want to meet me. He must want to sell me something. <laughs> He's got something to sell. <laughs> well, he was going to run for the state house and he knew my dad, knew everyone in South Carolina. My dad was a farmer, worked in Reagan and Bush's administration in Washington. He knew my dad knew everyone at state house and he knew I could get him its connections. So I ran. Sure. Mary and I ran his campaign. Well, after I did it, I got to meet Gary Rowe and John Reed. I'm getting to the John Reed. Oh, had I known him, and Hilton Head, he knew everybody in the 80s. Oh, yeah, it was super. Yeah. It, everyone. And you you went to the same party as John Reed yeah. and wouldn't know who he was. Inside, so I told John, I said, I want to work for Hampton Hall. Sign pops up on Buckwalter and didn't really push it. So I called John and Gary. I said, I want to work for Hampton Hall. No, you don't. Oh, uh, yes, I do. Anyway, I can tell the rest of the story, but you know it. So you don't want to do that, but yes, I do. Well, we'll put you in a place. We'll put you in realtor marketing. I'm like, all my friends are realtors. So I did. And then I just wished people away. I mean, that happens today. You can just wish them away and they'll go away. (laughs) And they were caught because three agents left and there were only four. Mm -hmm. So John said, move on up. Nice. And I, that's kind of my very, I might've seen you before, but that was, I was. Uh, You'd always come over on Wednesday to look yeah, at our board to see absolutely. who sold Hampton Hall. I know, I know. <laughs> Every Wednesday he'd come over. I was the number one referral agent actually. Because <laughs> at that You just time, want to make sure your name was Yeah, well, because. Am I that, on the board? At that time I was selling at Berkeley. Berkeley Hall. But yeah. Berkeley, I think I'm going to, obviously often wrong, never now, I'm going to make this up. But I think we were selling eight to one or not we, Hampton Hall, or 12 to one. Because of price point difference and it was unbundled golf. And so we had this 278 presence and all this marketing dollars mm-hmm. and we're getting all these walk-ins mm-hmm. and to John and Gary's and everyone credit, they're like, well, you're not just going to get a referral. You're going to get a co-broke if you send somebody to Hampton Hall. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had more referral sales. From Berkeley to Hampton? To, than I, and I, I think yeah. I made 12 sales that year at Berkeley Hall. And I got to tell you something, 12 sales was the number one agent. Yeah. And I think I had 26 or 30 referrals, referrals. to yeah, get you, Gary Davis, and whatever. And I made more money sending It was like... And doing nothing. Yeah. Coming over on Wednesday and making sure we... We accredited him. Attributed to that the, to Pratt. Yeah, because no, I was I was just know. checking. No, in. I was just checking the board. Oh yeah, yeah. he checked uh-huh. in on the coffee in the in the kitchen where the board just, was. I was just checking in. Yeah, I would you know? do the same. Just thing. making sure everybody's doing. Right. I, I can guarantee you, those two or three years, I I guarantee you, I was the number one realtor referral agent. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, because I I was always like Alan and I, and Chad, we had the crud assignments uh, during the summer when Duke Delcher was up north, and you know, John, Reggie, the, 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 this guy's never Tyler. worked. Yeah, nobody worked during the summer, but the families came down in the mm-hmm. summer. They stopped in Berkeley, couldn't afford it. We'd send them right down. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's about me. Yeah. But all right, that's, when we, like that's when we really got to know each yes, other. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you're really entrepreneurial. I am. For so, do you have any seashells still? I like, do. I have a really big, uh, her a crab, like huge shell, like hermit crab. That I care. It's it's what the hermit crab went into. It's not uh, a whelk. and I used to know yeah. every name of them. Can you can you please? 
take one photo so we can put it on our post. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. way, that, there's going to be the seashell. Actually, if you have a photo of you and the kids slinging oh, seashells oh, out of the Suburban, listen, I would like that one. I rented, I know I, I am the picture taker. I got that from my mom. Yes. I rented where all Joy Donuts is. Oh, you were, so you, I knew you worked out. I knew that uh-huh. is where you worked out of there. Because John said, I got to have my garage back. Yeah. And, you know, that was great. It was $300 a month. Oh. So it was easy. So, um, that's yeah, awesome. I do. I do. I probably do. I'll look tonight. We'll have to get, we'll have to get some. But I have the shell. It's this big. So it's so interesting to me because you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. How does that lead to, is this, or is it okay to? Yeah, I was going yeah, to say we're, like, how does that lead into a desire for politics? It wasn't a desire. It was like Bill Herb Kersman decided if you got me in here, we're going to get you in there. It was peer pressure 101. <laughs> well, I did not have well, a plan to be on well, council. You have some history though, right? Well, I, do, I, oh, wait, I think your mom might have run for wrong, mayor yeah. for prosperity. Yeah. But I'm just saying, so you saw something, you saw it modeled a little bit. Or... A little bit of, you know, where women just can't go very far because yeah. she's lost she, I don't even, I just know she ran and she lost yeah. horribly. Um, Did that create a desire or was it really truly you never had a desire? Herb Kersman was like, hey, we're getting you in here. I think it must have been in me somewhere, kind of yeah. like I told you. Yeah. Your kids are watching you. Yeah. You just don't know what you do that makes an impact. Mm. And I think my dad actually ran for Senate when Brandon was little, like 18 months old. When I, daddy was in Washington under Reagan and Bush, he was number two under Secretary of Agriculture. But he didn't run. It was appointed. So I know we've always been in that. Like I met Marshall Parker when I was seven. He was running for Senate. He was oh, in yeah. Seneca. And the little things my dad would put us in, I think, must have made, us, made a difference. I never really wanted to run because I was horrified to debate. Mm. I, did, I could not. I didn't want to get up and be asked questions I didn't know about. So Oscar, Oscar and Bill signed, almost all but signed me up. So wow. I didn't say no. I'm like, okay. I wouldn't let's have guessed that. I, 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 yeah. I, I would have never guessed that. I thought you might have just had a. I mean, you love mm-hmm. Bluffton and would have had a passion. Interesting. So it wasn't something that was on your radar. Mm-mm. Well, in the mayor questionnaire, since mm-hmm. we're going to go through this for a little bit, you served 22 years. Am I correct? Counting my ATAX stint of okay. two years. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, and now we have Larry Toomer. Yeah. Um, and uh, still calling you mayor, even your former mayor. Not, I don't want to get too deep or too emotional, but is there one thing you're kind of like really proud of? Something that you can say you look back on that you did for Bluffton or, you know, at, under you that something generational that you're excited about? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I went real quick to set it up. Hank Johnson was the mayor before us. Love Hank. He saw 20 years. He'll never listen to this, but I love Hank. He's always been the best man. I hope he listens to this. He's been, he's always been one of my big encouragers. I love Hank. The man worked for Ross Perot. He was Mm -hmm. number three Mm. in Ross Perot. He lived his life at 9am or 8am opening the doors and hundreds of people come through his doors just to listen to him. And I told him that you've always thought you could talk Mm -hmm. and you've got to live in Bluffton. And listen, they wanted to hear you. You need to hear the people. And we had a really good relationship. So when I won, I'm like, oh, my Lord, I see 20 seconds ahead of me. I'm a mom of three kids and a and a wife and I have a business. And, oh, you know, I can plan out a day ahead. I cannot look out 20 years. 
And I just kind of let it, you know, I grew up with the town. Mm. It's not like it is today. When I ran, we had 6,000 people in the town. So it just, I think my kids made me find my passion. And, you know, they all played sports. We were everywhere. My greatest, greatest, I feel, contribution to this town is making it a town that your daughter wants to come home to on the weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my two kids, Michael's moving here. Yeah. He's just still 29. He still goes out at 11. He knows, you know, yeah. everything closes at yeah. 11, but he's engaged. He proposed. I will, they are, they will be here one day. Yeah. Hopefully if her mother lets them. Cause I'm actually super excited. You said that and I didn't anticipate it. Yeah. And this is going to be controversial for the people that have the old town, but as a developer, <laughs> Right. <laughs> of a PUD who pays the fees mm-hmm. to create the taxes. We want you to do more commercial. That's what pays the taxes. No, now... now the residents drain us. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, but when you, you look at... Talk when you that. look at, you right. know, when you look at how Buck Walter was incorporated and mm-hmm. what that's done, you know, for the body heat and for the taxes for us to be able to put up the lamps and all the fun things mm-hmm. downtown. Like it, if people really look where the money comes from, where I'm not going to argue that, but as a developer that gets poo-pooed on a lot, the fact that my kids want to come to back to Bluffton for something that we've, you all have us. grown, but it actually has been us. It and is Bluffton us. is us. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about, yeah, you know, the, the, the Christmas parade in the eighties were fun, but can I tell you something? The Christmas parade is fun now. It's Even not going to ever change. It's not that it's, I'm sorry, it's different, but it's still awesome. And mm-hmm. the fact that we shut down streets and the fact that you can get twenty five to 30,000 people that want to be around a Christmas parade and you, you can have Tommy's towing and you can have all the stuff like that's community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what like, you know, I, and when I, I'm saying it from a developer standpoint is you need someone to take the risk and put some home sites in and someone to build some yeah. commercial and stuff like that. Um, or else you're going to end up being 3,500, you know, people and you don't get paved, you know, walking paths and, and lamp, lamps and stuff. And it just comes, the tax yeah. comes with benefits, but you still got to protect the integrity. This would not be the same town if we would not have grown our square miles. Yeah. I, we, let me tell you, it would still be the same houses. Yeah. Maybe by different developers mm-hmm. and maybe larger, bigger, taller, Every inch of 54 square miles was going to be developed. Bluffton as a town, if it stayed a square mile, would be like Pritchardville. And maybe some people have that emotional connection. That's okay. I think what the town did was manage the developers into what the vision needed to be. And I put that on Hank. I love it. Yeah. I I love it. It's great. Absolutely. But the commercial is what we need to bring and it's going to follow residents. I know it does. And it's going to happen and it's happening now. Yeah. But isn't it neat? And I'm going to switch. Sorry. Isn't it neat though, that you can still as simple as go to squat and gobble, which was different when I was a senior in high school, Mm -hmm. but also now have the experience of Crudo, the Pearl, the Bluffton room. And, the the resident farm, farm sorry farm. cottage one hundred percent cottage yes. all of them Takira food yeah, truck all uh-huh. of them well, I'm saying, well that is that <laughs> is that is because of body heat and in yeah. in demand you know, sure. economic demand like yeah. it created no one's going to do that in the lost leader so it's just neat that we get to have the Bluffton feel and anyways I'll move on from that but I want to talk I want to talk a little bit more about the mayor so you know 
Is there something, you told me what you're excited about that happened. I've got three more questions and we'll move on to the wine. Uh, is there something that you're hopeful for future mayors, not not just Larry, that still could be accomplished? There's something, I'm, I'm not saying that you didn't accomplish, mm-hmm. but is there something that's out there on the horizon that could that you would be wishful, hopeful? Yes, I'm hopeful things we're doing now really take root and flourish. And one thing is bringing the services of our new communities closer to them. Mm-hmm. So as I leave, I'll go to New Riverside. We bought the 40 acres at the yeah. barn. Mm-hmm. What a great village. I hear young people now say, that's the place to go. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? And it's one town. I'm not saying new and old. Mm-hmm. It's historic Bluffton and Bluffton. Mm-hmm. With that, a gentleman developed across the street. Now there's a second reading of three from the county to put a library there. That is truly going to be the village. And it's a whole village concept that Hank and John Reed fight over who created it. (laughs) So I'm not going to say I did. I hope to see in the next five years that medical, pharmacy, veterinary, daycare, affordable housing, Mm -hmm. workforce housing can start going into the west of Buckwalter where the largest is 70% of the growth and 30% of the services. And that's needed. And that should give the residents that are moving here some peace that they don't have to drive to Hilton and they don't have to drive to Old Town. And I think it takes traffic away. So if please, if this council would stick with that. And I believe in the Don Ryan Center. I hope that flourishes with the new development with Tim Dolnick that's building out the pads at Buckwalter. That's exciting. So those two things are important to me. I'm going to be on the other side of the dais push, you know, just. Well, you, and you, in your last, you, you left, you left that opportunity too, as you. Yeah, it's all there to be. As the grant and you did some stuff where you're, we understand we're only what, what 35% developed for a commercial. We, we need, we have the body heat. We need the support. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Well, uh, we do happen to have some young listeners. Oh, who are they? Uh, well, you know, Shelby and some other people. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, do they have questions? But, well, I, so I, so I, I did let them know that you're coming on and I, I'm going to, I asked for a couple questions, but I'm going to oh. consolidate it. Okay. And it could be for anyone because we do have retirees moving here. Mm-hmm. But if someone is interested in getting involved on a local level and, you know, I'm going to call it pos- politics, but mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a bad word, but government, government mm-hmm. you know, what's the, what do you, what's the best way for them to get started? Um, I bet I get asked that a lot Yeah. with the young people. I'm going to sit with them all day long mm. with anyone that's a parent and older it's so easy to Google to figure out what to yeah. do. And like, I didn't have to ask anybody. So I'm confused over why people are so lost. <laughs> However, junior leadership hmm. with these kids, junior year in high school is so important for them to try to get involved in because it really sets youth and government. It sets kind of that ability to know how to get involved and understand issues. And they're offered in every school. Senior leadership. Both chambers have a leadership program. Those things really open your eyes to, oh my gosh, I can get involved with Boys and Girls Club or I can get involved and work on a commission. Clemson, Clemson, senior leadership. If you're Mm. 65 and older, Ollie, awesome, talks about everything in the world. Osher Life Long Learning Institute. Go on our webpage and look at all the commissions and committees that we have if you feel like you want to be involved at a government level. But not only... Bluffton, do it on Hilton Head. Do it at Beaufort County. There's Bluffton has more volunteer committee members than they do staff. Mm, wow, that's interesting. So, 
or call me. I'll yeah. believe me. Don't tell me you're bored. Yeah. Because no, trust me. Hey, Otherwise you're bored. Cleaning hey, the house hey, or getting you know. And I'm gonna aside. You know, I I've 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 run a few POAs in the area, and I've had to stand up and do some board meetings. And when people have a lot of opinions, I've handed out charitable organizations that are looking for volunteers. That's amazing. Sheets, and it uh, it didn't go over well. That's but basically, if you have enough time to tell me about, you know, whatever. So. Well, and to end it quick, I also think that, and I tell everyone, and I start it with the kids, if y'all bring to me an issue, I want a solution. Yeah. No, don't just come and complain. Like, come with a solution and mm -hmm. how you're going to. Yep. Well, I think that's been, all. I'm that's sorry, good. Stephen, did you have a question? I was just going to say, so we, we call it triple S, right? So like, give me a situation, give me a suggestion, and give me the solution. Love it. If you're going to do that, then we can. Mm -hmm. Don't just, confuse you that. Know it. With Triple X. Great movies with Vin Diesel. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Um, we're going to move on from the mayor. He didn't ask your question. He did. He uh, did. He made a statement. It was, oh, a statement. Yeah. yeah, about the Triple S. I, I got have it. lots to think about now. Yeah. S I mean, squared. Are you bored? <laughs> Not no. at all. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're gonna, we've been interviewing you, but now we're going to go into a little bit of a communal talk. We've got two more segments. We're going to, so I did give you a heads up. We kind of do a thing that we mix between an aha moment and a quote. Yes. Um, and in this, you know, Instagram world, you know, you can see quotes all the time. Oh, if you're Lord. listening to books, I, I listened to one this week while I was traveling, you know, things pop up. So before, We've heard from you a lot, and we're going to get to you, but we're going to let Stephen talk for a okay. minute. Do you have an aha or a quote? Or did Who, you, me? Did you prepare this I'm week? always prepared. Oh, always don't it, don't you? Don't lie. Not prepared, which is Okay, did you, have, did you have some? So every month I do a town hall meeting in front of my team, right? So we talk about state of the company. And then there's always this aha moment that we stole from here and now have implemented into the business. And it's just a teaching moment. So you sent me a fantastic, you're not going to talk about this, are you? Good. So you sent me a fantastic devotional this week about essentially what the pain is forming you into when it comes to life or business or whatever, right? And it was just a really good teaching moment to letting us know that essentially without fire, we're not getting forged mm. into anything. And, you know, this, this last six, seven months for my team has been a challenge for work. Things are going well, but there's always like just we need more people. We, we need more systems, processes, whatever. And it was so nice to see everybody feeling the same thing of like, yes, this is painful, but it's painful so that we can continue to grow so that we can continue to be better so that we can get to the next level. So for me, the aha moment was, man, we don't talk about that enough. Like we're not, we're not really talking about how the struggle is actually getting us to the, the finished product, right. Mm -hmm. That God has for us in our lives, like who we're supposed to become, what it's supposed to be. And I think often it's overlooked and you know, James one, two always says like, you know, count every trial as blessing. That's super easy to do in hindsight. And I told my team, I think that growth is, can I count every trial as blessing before hindsight? Can I do it 90% through the pain, 80% through the pain, 70% through the pain, right? And just keep getting closer to in that moment, I'm counting that trial as blessing. And that was a, that was a pretty like big aha moment for me today. Hmm. That's good. That's awesome. I like that. I'll go before 
mayor. Um, so I heard a quote on it was on Instagram about a month ago um, by Robert Green. I kind of like him. But he was. Are you going super deep? Because last week went super funny. No, no. Both of us, and no. then I'm like, man, maybe. No, it's not super deep. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, but he he quoted uh, something from one of the you know former prime ministers of the United Kingdom, Benjamin uh, uh, Disraeli. Disraeli, Disraeli. I can't say that. I don't have good accents. You are so. I know. English. Not close. I know. Not. Close. <laughs> not- uh, but he he said this. He said this. He goes, "Never complain, never explain." Mm. And there's a very deep meaning to that. But um, I'm going to tie it a little bit to golf, as my son had a rough round yesterday. And uh, feel for him. He was playing well and trying to qualify for something. And it was interesting. Two things. One, we got to learn not to get our identity from our performance, right? Mm, um, how difficult is that as an yeah, entrepreneur? I know. But, uh, you know, the scorecard just is a snapshot of your play that day, not who you are. But more importantly, never complain, never explain. And it really wasn't him yesterday, but something that I've been at fault for a long time in the golf world is God gave me a little bit of talent, been a decent golfer, and I'll go and play. And actually, you've witnessed this. You'll be like, oh my gosh, you went and played XYZ course. How'd you play? And I'll say, oh, I shot 74, but you won't, you won't believe. I had a three putt and the wind was so-and-so. And yeah. so there's a complain and explain mm. versus, hey, I shot 74. And I had a blast. And not only that is... Let the work speak for itself. Mm. Uh, I mean, just if you have to explain yourself and if you're complaining about your conditions, it makes you look weak. If you have to explain yourself, it makes you look weak. You know, be who you are and let your work stand for yourself. And some days that score for me is going to be a 78 or an 84 or maybe even worse. And some days it's going to be probably 74. not worse. And maybe a 74, <laughs> but being respectful to other people that don't have the same experience, same talent and whatever, you know, I just thought it was interesting is why do we try to build a building or try to, you know, Lisa, I'm looking at you, try to do something and say, Hey, I want to do this. And they say no. And then you go and someone asks how it happened and you're like, well, they wouldn't let us and this just happened. Like, just mm. do just do the work. Let your work stand for itself, and you're either you know going to succeed at a certain level, you're going to fail at a certain level. But we don't need to complain and explain. Yeah. It's just a weakness, and there's a lot to unpack in that. But it was just in the moment this week with the golf. I think it's a good lesson, and I don't know if myself. There's a great. There's a great um, poem, Desiderata by Max Ehrman. He's a German philosopher, and. I'll just give you the first two lines. It's finish each day and be done with it. Yeah. You have done the best you can. Some blunders and absurdities may have crept in. Hmm. Yeah. Man, that's good. That is good. Right? I'm impressed you remembered it. Oh, I can actually do the whole thing, but I won't I because we have listeners. We have listeners. <laughs> All right, not Lisa. Before we get to our wine tasting, which is our last segment, yeah. you get a wrap and it's us good, up people. in a quote that you like. Aha moment this week. Okay. What do you got for us? I have three aha moments. Oh my gosh, let's hear it. But uh, do you want to hear it? I'll yeah. start with one, and if you got time okay. for two, I'll do it. Let's we see. do. This last year, we went to um, Char- uh, Greenville. Now, where did we go? Charleston, wherever we went, somewhere, Greenville, and with the Municipal Association. And 
I looked at the program and the keynote speaker for the lunch, which I never went to because it's salad and cold chicken and <laughs> you never eat it and you're starving. And we used to go, go to somewhere fun. Was Chris Singleton. Do you all know Chris yeah, Singleton? Know. Oh, yes. So, well, from Charleston Southern, Chris Singleton? Y'all don't know. I don't. Chris Singleton was on the baseball team at Charleston Southern. His mother died in the Emanuel Nine. His mother oh. was the professor that was murdered at Emanuel Church. So a little bit of, around it, my nephew played for Charleston Southern, and his freshman year he was killed in a car crash mm-hmm. at doing everything he shouldn't have been doing mm. on December 8th in, mm. at home. So we did a lot of fundraising for Charleston Southern. So two things. So you had 800 people in a room, and you could have heard breath, not a pin drop. You could have heard a feather drop. And he talked about stories. And it really aha moment, major impression on me. And I have bought 20 books from him and I'm giving them to kids when I talk to them. It's about stories and people who don't agree with you, but you got to find the story to find some kind of thread in this world to have some relationship. Mm. So the first story was about his mom got shot with a gun. The man's never going to have guns in his house ever. But his best friend that played baseball with him at Charleston Southern was from, you know, rural South Carolina had shotgun on the back of his truck mm-hmm. and he shot deer. And I say that with grace because I spoke that way mm-hmm. and I might still speak that way. <laughs> he loved guns. They had to get along and figure out their stories. And his grandfather taught him and Chris saw this horrible travesty happen to his family. And it's a fabulous book. And his goal is to go to every school in the country, but he realized, or the state, but he realized how many schools there were. Um, he speaks to people. And I went up to him afterwards and he knew my nephew oh, my of gosh. him. Yeah. Um, because Matt would be 32 today and, um, Chris is 20 something. And it was really just impactful. And everyone from Larry Toomer, who I didn't think would understand it, it, it changed yeah. his life. It changed my life. Mm. And so that was way a hot. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about you. You brought copies of the book for us. So. I will bring you one. No, I have shocked. plenty. My, I'd love to read it. My second, I'm going to get it for y'all. My second, Chris Singleton and his stories. And I forget the, the name, name of is, it. I think I have heard something about him. Or he's somebody. amazing. And if anyone can bring him here, yeah. I will come. Yeah. It, he's going to be costly, but he is building this strength of listening. Does he know how huge our podcast is? He probably wants to be a guest. I would imagine. You're invited, Chris. I'd like to be invited. Chris, we'll send this. We'll send this to you. We'll come up to Charleston and interview. He's amazing. Um, The second was yesterday when I spoke at Cross Schools. I had an aha moment because I realized how much stress is on our kids. Mm -hmm. And I told there were parents, they were doing um, Teens for Healthy Youth, which Mm -hmm. is at Christian Academy. And Mm -hmm. all the schools in Bluffton and Hilton had this group as part of. And they are peer-to-peer teaching and educating what hurts students. And I told them, I said, when I was your age, it was alcohol and smoking cigarettes Mm. and little roads that never got you in trouble. And y'all, when you started, you had vaping, but after vaping, you had drinking and smoking pot and opioids. Oh, let's not forget mental illness, Mm. stress, peer pressure, bullying, driving distracted. I said, parents, they have getting into college. They have 10 things I just mentioned are on their shoulders and you and I cannot fathom. We do not understand that because we didn't have that. I got into college with an 895 SAT score and I'm proud of it. And I graduated in four years. They wouldn't look at me and I've seen it in your daughter. I mean, in kids that we we talk with, 
And that was aha to me because I'm like, holy moly, what the stresses they have to deal with. It's a lot. And we got to let our kids talk to other people, to other kids that can help them because they don't always come back to the parents. Mm. So that was an aha. That paradigm is, we talk about mercy, is instead of looking at your kids and be like, "Uh, toughen up, buttercup, you won't, you know, I had a rough life too. It's different. I mean, you know, technology and social media, everything is different. Yeah. And so the the immediate reaction I have <clears throat> is definitely not the correct one. It and isn't. so I need to... The loneliness I, aspect of it. I appreciate you yeah. thinking through that. You know what someone told me yesterday? What's going to happen? Just the whole paradigm of things, yeah. which I hope you go to the bottom to get to the top. Yeah. We're going to say one day, I didn't have it as hard as you. Yeah. We're going to say it one day. Yeah. Yeah. But I, my dad, I mean, we choked about it. John tells my kids today, I walked in the snow. I know you Up did not. Ways. You went to boarding school. Yeah. You were fine. It's I tell my kids, they have no idea how hard it was growing up in the rough side of sea pines. Right. By the ocean and the <laughs> yeah. rental homes. It was tough. And no one Sounds gets it. Rough. I never and get... you were from Bluffton. Yeah. Now, yeah. You lived in sea pines. I was hell then. If, if y'all can take that away and That's just huge. have a second thought about yeah. kids today. I really appreciate that. You yeah. said you had a third one. What's I it? did. It was um, Haley. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's true with these kids today at this age, when they give you, they want to talk to you because when they get older, they're going to talk to you. Yeah. What I had to learn with, with all my children and my friend Kim Trask told me this, do you want my advice or do you want me to listen? Mm-hmm. And that was a brilliant. real aha, brilliant moment because we're all, we want to give them our guidance. Well, we don't walk in their shoes. Well, especially that, us that entrepreneurs might, in the room, all might, we do is solve stuff. We that solve also, stuff. That also might help my marriage. That my will advice, help my marriage for sure. My, so my advice, you want me to listen. So <laughs> that's what I do. I'm going to start asking Kim that. It's a really, I, I've heard that, that actually is the way to go. Really it is well. the way to go. Yeah. So she called me today. She's getting married. She's got a huge job. And she just has moments, and yeah. I said, do you want me to listen, or do you want my advice? Yeah, that's good. Hey, you brought the thunder. Yeah, you did. Way to Bring go. Bringing the house there you down. Go. Well, here's what, Singleton. I love it. Teams for Healthy Youth, and so use your ears. We're going to cheers to okay. this glass of wine that we're been sipping on. Sip. Hey, cheers. I haven't okay. had a sip yet. Oh, we've been sipping. Um, so we're going to so good. final segment. Martin, you can oh, now sign off. Thanks for the welfare glass, by the way. Hey, no, Martin. Martin Caliento. Uh, no, Cacilioto. So, so not, I ever oh, say, Martin. He's exit one seventy two. Exit one seventy two. He never listens, but he. Not everybody is. I love Martin. Not he's everybody's concerned with our. So I'm. I can't speak. Wine. I can't speak this name. I'm gonna let. I normally do all the talking, but Stephen's gonna announce. That's true. He does. Uh, before you say that, so what I did is I happened to be up for business in Greenville yesterday, and on the way home I stopped at Greens, and found this this white Bordeaux and it's a special wine. White Bordeaux is hard to come by, but I know you like white. I do like it. And so I wanted to buy this for you, but there's really something cool about it is Costco carries this and it is a highly rated. It doesn't, it doesn't have our smiling grapes rating yet, but highly rated Bordeaux in the mid 20, like 24, $25 like Costco. And it would blow anybody's mind away that you, I mean, you could talk about Sham or whoever you wanted to go with a white mm-hmm. Bordeaux, Steve Bird would be impressed with this. Okay. But they have, Costco has a line on it, which okay. is interesting. How do you pronounce this, Stefan? Well, he's only asking me because I did take about nine years of French, but I took four. we would call this the L'Enclos de Carbonier 
the Grand Van de Graaf, Pesach Leonor, which is from the Famille Perron proprietor. Wait, I the love it. Perron family. Cheers to you because you guys have banged out an amazing wine. We'll take a picture of this yeah, label and throw it on it's the a, show so it's, notes. It's a blended. It's a blended white from France, done in a Bordeaux style. Uh, like I said, it was in the mid twenties. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna let Stephen and Lisa just give a quick any any thoughts, ah. any color tasting. So notes. do we taste it first? Yes, yeah, let's, let's taste, let's it. taste it. it again. We have it first. Okay, oh, yeah, cheers. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, nice glasses. Okay. I hear the ding. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Stephen, and then we'll, we'll 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 put the rose between two thorns. Mm. Stephen goes first. What do you think? So now I'm always like, man, we can't just say it tastes good, but this is a really phenomenal non-tannic white wine. That man, I'm always thinking like, what does it pair with? That's my first go-to. Um, in terms of flavor, it's. It, you know, we've done so many reds in here. It's like, yeah. man, what are the descriptive words for whites other than drinkable? But hey, I think it's... Don't be racist right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would say hmm. that it How definitely about- has a little bit of pear. I like Ooh. the pear fruit coming out. I'm going to give you some props because I'm going to give you some props. That's good. That's good. Why? Or, or is it apricot? No, no. Is it French? No, it's zero. It's no, no, no. Maybe um, props. So no, I mean it's it's a really delicious wine. It's I, I like don't it? like a lot of tannins. I don't like yeah. acidic anything. Yeah. It just burns. There is some acidity in here, but it's a, there is it's some a balance. But it's subtle. It's nice. Lisa, what do you think about this? So I'm not that. So I'm going to tell the, you just tell what the you real like. people. Yeah, what do you like? Tell I the real people. White wine. Yeah, I love Chardonnay. I had. So this is anti Chardonnay. Yeah, my wife. Is I'm going to tell Chardonnay. you, I, my tongue. Yeah. Yep. I had the Shut dearest, dearest friend. He left us. His name's Richard Denon. And I would go see him every Friday to sit and talk to him. And he bought me Bogle because he knew I loved Chardonnay. Sure. Bogle was the last of that buttery, buttery, buttery Chardonnays. And he knew I loved it. And they've changed because they've gone, now they're $9 a bottle. Got and commercialized. They just don't taste the same. And, mm-hmm. I would say, and then I went to the other side. I went to the Rosé. So I went mm. to Charleston Wine and Food Festival one year with Haley. I guess she's my mini-me. Haley. And her roommate was running it. And she introduced me to the French, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. winery of Whispering Angel. Oh, okay. This reminds me, in Whispering Angel, they say you can drink and not get a hangover mm-hmm. or a headache because there's very little sugar in it. Well, we'll see. This is in between. I can't find my Chardonnay anymore, so i got to find a new wine. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to drink red. Is it because you don't like Chardonnay anymore? Or you just I love found Chardonnay, it? but they don't do buttery Chardonnay do anymore. Not the bottle. It's the whatever they cure it in. It's just not the buttery Chardonnay. Okay. A couple, and I can find them There's still. There's a few. But I'm trying to find something different. But I don't like Sauvignon Blanc. It's too, mm-hmm. maybe that's tannin. Yeah. I don't know those words. Yeah. I don't like that taste of like. Oh, I wish I had a video. Quick. She just went. <laughs> yeah, you <should> <laughs> yeah, that's <see>. awesome. <laughs> this is easy to swallow. Isn't it? Yeah, it gives you a feel of a very expensive rosé, white lighter rosé. Mm-hmm. I can't find a Chardonnay I like, so what's my wine going to be? Because mm. it's not going to be red. This could be it. Because I'm going to come take it from. Pratt's house now. Well, well, so now well, I since he also, has a Costco membership. Hey, and by the way, <laughs> me too. And this also. is this is actually we're getting a this is a, this is now our starting a precedent. 
I bought a to-go bottle. For <gasps> it's downstairs yes. as a gift for thank that you. That is amazing. I like it. Yeah, I went. I like I, good I choice. You, thank you. I knew. For me. I knew. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm gonna. Well, you've given my wife some buttery chardonnay. Yeah. So I. So I, there I, are some. There's one out there. There are not many though. There's one out there. It's a little pricey in the twenties as well. Rim, rum, 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 rum. So Ron Bowers. Ron Bowers, my favorite. Ron Bowers, thirty-four. But let me tell sure. you, we talked about this earlier. Shug from Canaris Valley, it's right before you get to Napa, has one of the most unbelievable butter chardonnays in the history of the world. Like you just eat it for Thanksgiving, like the drink you eat. Really? Yes, I, I will, I will, well, I'm giving you this as a gift, there's a bottle. Um, here's my take, okay? Uh, and I'm kind of the snob. First of all, the color is very light and golden. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you can almost, I mean, you can completely see through it. It's typical. Oh Oops. gosh. Whoa. That's I see right there. typical white Bordeaux. That's literally right on my pants. Not video. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, should do video. I will say this on the nose real fast. It's very floral. Grass notes, dried flowers, dandelion, like the sweet dandelion. Taste. It's very subtle, like medium body, yeah. right? It's not, uh, it's very well balanced. The floral notes come out her, and are herbaceous, but I start to get fruit. Good job on the pear. I smell and taste pear, green apple, maybe. Smell wine. Mm -hmm. Smell wine. <laughs> I want a final note on this. Three Actually, I feel there's, I, I want you to try this again. I feel like there's a saltiness to it, like a salty grapefruit at the end. Like, um. There's a little salt, a little saline. Think about me in the May River. Think about like just there's something salty about it. It's like a salty grape. See, I'm thinking drink it to get another glass. Oh, yeah. I'm curious what of the three of our descriptions your viewers like to hear. Also, yeah. make sure that you email us at offandwrongpod at gmail.com to tell us who you like their descriptors Well, we're going to do this. <laughs> I'm doing my very first rating, Oh, the Smiling Grape. We're going to have... I got to tell you, I'm a red wine drinker. That's true. And so that probably gets negative notes um, for a white. But I'm going to tell you something. A white Bordeaux is pretty special. Yeah. I would say anything in a four and above is going to be, hey, I put this in my cellar. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be rare on this podcast. So that's and, interesting. We have to create the yeah. paradigm. So here where I'm at, I got to tell you guys, I'm I'm willing to give this a four out of five smiling grapes. Ooh, so um, it could get in your cellar. It's in my cellar. And this is, you could drink this every day and you can impress someone even of Stephen Bird's nature. That's right. Um, I'm just letting you know. And it's mid 20 something dollars, 24, $25 at Costco, which I know is not cheap for a white, but- Does Bill's wine not have it? Let's, uh, let's stay local. I, I, do, I do think they have it. And so does a couple other places. But yes, it's-, uh, it's okay. It's uh, national uh, distributors, which comes into South Carolina. So anybody in South Carolina could get this. Well, um, thank and we'll you post for a, the treat. We'll post a label. It. Well, we do one other thing uh, great with. What do you think this would be good with? Anybody? Ooh. Anything. Yeah. Friday night, Thursday night, sandwich night. I mean, what about, what about the crepe lady? Remember at the um, farmer ooh. market, the crepe, the little food truck, the crepe. Are they still slinging you know, crepes? They don't go there anymore. I know, but can you they imagine? Don't. It'd be good with a little uh, noodle lady. <sighs> yes. Mm. It'd be good with sushi. Sushi. Good with the taco truck. I mean, uh, I don't. I mean, have to we're not discriminating about what where this. Mayor Salka right? has spoken. I mean, she's, tacos. She's saying it's gonna go tacos. Burritos. Hey, I like it. I am real. I love it. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap this up. 
What a great time. Thank you so much. Oh, so I just want to thank Did you. Did people stay with us for now? Well, it's not live. It's oh, not live. Good. It's <laughs> not live. If they stay yeah. with us, we will never know. We'll never and know. And that's the beauty but of doing Martin? a podcast. Why did Martin leave? Oh, well, he, he left on the wine stuff, but we do this. We shoot this raw and then we, uh, but it, He just doesn't anyways. drink, so he cuts off for the wine, which is fine. But for those uh, that are still with us. Uh, I, bet he stay, I bet he stays on this. Um, well, thank you, Mayor Salka. <laughs> thank you. We're Pratt super excited. Excited, and if you launch your podcast, we might be available for interviews. But I'll interview you. Possibly get Haley and you back on here and do a little mother daughter oh, duo. Fun. I think it would be a tough. I mean, we just had our daughters on last oh. week, yeah. and I, I love the family dynamic. So yeah, Haley, you're invited. Talk to your mom. We'll get you scheduled. Yeah. And the very last thing I'm going to say with the great with, because I know I have to say this, is could you imagine this with an uh, what was it? Ambrose salad. Remember when your mom used to make fruit salad with shaved coconuts and a little bit of rum? Gross. With a balsamic yeah. vinegar glaze. I can oh, see that. Can you see that in the morning? Oh, I do. Ambrose. I see this yeah, at farm. Like this is a farm a brunch, wine a with their brunch the farm. I All do right. see it. All right. It'd be good. Uh, a lunch at Bridesmaids Luncheon. Any kind of luncheon. This is a great. Yeah, I like it. I, You know, for me, Sorry. it's a scallop. Just, I think it goes really well with scallops. Maybe like a little. We've lost all our viewers now. We are wrapping up. Grits, Thank you guys maybe. for listening. This is episode 12. Often wrong, never now. EB12. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. One, two. two. <laughs> Feels one, three. Be Taylor Swift. <laughs>